that's just the whole flavor. The whole flavor I feel of an action figure's life in sobriety is instead of getting the answer, you're given the answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you were looking to get an answer and then you come to the talk and then that's you're relieved of that and you're getting you're being given an answer at the talk. Yeah. Now it may not go the way you think answers and questions go coming from you question and then getting an answer to you that may not be how it flows but you're going to get used to the different flow you probably are already so there's a giving being given an answer is much different than getting an answer yeah and this is this is the to me if spirituality has a posture or a position it's like, you know, don't know, open-handed. You're just sort of, hopefully, the idea of you being the thinker, especially of these old ideas, uh, allow those old ideas to go, which is, unless you let go of these old ideas, the result will be nil. Mm -hmm. Which is the oldest of those old ideas, that there's a long-lasting, independent, separate thing, called Paul. That's basically the oldest thing, the oldest idea of all. So if you weaken that, you'll lose interest in the other old ideas. And therefore, you're in an open hand policy and you can receive because you're not full of getting. You can receive. You're empty, so so to speak. Yes? Yeah, this is a, this is a tough thing to describe the best way would have been like, there's a kid I used to go to school with, Andy Ford, and he would have a a, a thing of like a hundred page little paper thing, and he could do art, and it would look if he moved it, it looked like a little movie, yeah, always oh, incredible. Yeah. It was awesome, really. It totally surprised me. This is what you're trying to uh, communicate: is traveling lighter. It's it's uh. But once you get the taste of it, you'll recognize that taste. So, you know, it's in giving that we receive. It's not in getting. Yeah. You have it by giving it away. These are. Basically, like a little bit of a change in the same posture of admitting that you're outmatched and that which is a time, you know, wanting to answer question or wanting to understand is not going to understand. It isn't. Its level of understanding is you see the great value of this, of the understanding and it's handicapped. Yeah. You mm. see it. And now you, right. you, you're not relying on this and that you're relying on that, which got you sober, you know, let's call it that, or that has kept you sober for 35 years. Yeah, there's a, and a lot of it is just to understand you're fucked for many people is more than enough. I mean, there doesn't need to be that more understanding and that you're not managerial quality. That will work well. It worked, it has worked here for 35 years. Yeah. Now I have a, I've, I've been witness to downloads of understandings about what we're not, 
but the the basis understanding in recovery for me was I'm fucked and I'm not managerial quality. That was it. Yeah, that was sufficient to allow a great change to occur. Yeah, that's, yeah. And so I can think I understand a lot of other stuff, but that is, that's the concrete basis of the innermost, so to speak, is to admit you're not going to pull it off, sober or recovered, you know, sober or active. Yeah, you're not going to pull it off. We're outmatched. Yeah, <laughs> we can't even... Uh, whatever, you know, believing our condition is in our own hands, we can't see past our nose. So, of course, it's going to produce an anxiety, like a vague uh, feeling of unease, because we're looking for something to rely on. And mostly of most shit we've relied on has been unreliable. Yeah, it's just that simple. So this is sort of an admittance and a surrender to that fact. And then something uh, starts appearing in your life that's reliable, yeah? And you yeah, you lean towards it, and you keep leaning towards it, and then you're in the habit of being sober, and you're ha in the habit of knowing you're in good hands, yeah? Yeah. So the thing can't create so much momentum. It just can't. It's, it needs our attention and interest to fuel its little, you know, dreamlike landscapes. And if you lose interest in it, it's like the, it's like the, the pang of death to it, really. Yeah. So I do not believe uh, we're blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit. I do believe we believe we're blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit. I do believe that, yeah, but I do not believe we're blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit. I do not believe you are your own worst enemy. I do not believe uh, we hate ourselves. Just don't, yeah. I know that feels like something hates us, but I don't see it's us, yeah. Yeah, so... If you're not sober, take a few relaxed breaths here and then talk to someone that's here or someone else and plan your day. Go to a meeting or something. Be available to others. Get your externals down because they are going to be like the G-O-D rails, the God rails of you getting used to being on the highway of life again. Yeah. And so the externals are imperative. They get into the habit of doing stuff that is healthy for you instead of constantly being attracted to that which is not healthy. Yeah, those habits need to be broken. How are they broken? By doing something different. That's all. It's not like a metaphysical fucking 11th dimensional question. It's just, you know, if you want to know where you are, look at where your feet are. That would be, give you a good gauge. And just get... It used to being sober. And then there's a lot of skylights that open up. It, none of There's no drafting. It's like if you're interested, you can go there. If you're not, you're still sober and you'll be of use. Yeah. So, but for us, if we're here and we have active alcoholism or it has us, 
Uh, first things first, you know, the elephant in the room. We got to get as established in not drinking. <laughs> and then, because if you're entertaining Buddhism drunk or non-duality, uh, after you shoot some coke and shit, uh, it, it's gonna, there's gonna be a lot of add-on flavor to that, to the non-duality of the Buddha ice cream. It is. <laughs> so, first things first, get in the habit of being sober. If it takes just a day at a time or an hour at a time, uh, if you get if you put this ghost behind you now, it's going to save you a whole lot of trouble later, really. So, can you pull it off? Can you drink without any consequences? Can you use drugs without any consequences? No. All right. Are you attempting to try to manage that affair so that it would work? Probably. Thank God you're not that which is trying to manage it. You're not that which is playing God. You're not. Something's playing God. It's not us. Yeah. And um, just if you can't find a sober assessment, let someone else give you a sober assessment of where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we, whatever, you know. So any reading today, Kathleen? I want to actually uh, acknowledge people. You're doing great because you've gone through two of the, two of the aspects of the alcoholic trifecta. We, all you got is New Year's, New Year's Eve now. You went Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's clear sailing. Just keep rolling down that hill. <laughs> Get on the toboggan. Eh? So no reading, no reading? I, I did choose one, Paul. I just would really want to say to everybody to make sure um, everyone knows this is not an AA meeting. And um, I actually chose, I thought, uh, a special reading for today. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys can, you guys can decide that. <clears throat> it's really short. And it starts with, oh, where the heck? It's actually from the story Alcoholics Anonymous number three. It's on page 191 in the fourth edition of the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm gonna start with, it would be hard, the, the first full paragraph. You guys with me? Yeah, I'm trying to find the page. Yeah, I'm gonna take my time. I mean, let you take your time. All right. Okay. It would be hard to estimate how much AA has done for me. I really wanted to program and I wanted to go along with it. I noticed that the others seemed to have such a release, a happiness, a something that I thought a person ought to have. I was trying to find the answer. I knew there was even more, something that I hadn't got, 
And I remember one day, a week or two after I had come out, a week or two after I had come out of the hospital, Bill was at my house talking to my wife and me. We were eating lunch and I was listening and trying to find out why they had this release that they seemed to have. Bill looked across at my wife and said to her, Henrietta, the Lord has been so wonderful to me, curing me of this terrible disease that I just want to keep talking about it and telling people. I thought, I think I have the answer. Bill was very, very grateful that he had been released from this terrible thing and he had given God the credit for having done it. And he's so grateful about it, he wants to tell other people about it. That sentence, the Lord has been so wonderful to me, curing me of this terrible disease that I just want to keep telling people about it, has been a sort of golden text for the AA program and for me. Of course, as time went on, I began to get my health back and began to be so, and began to be so I didn't have to hide from people all the time. It's just been wonderful. I still go to meetings because I like to go. I meet the people that I like to talk to. Another reason that I go is that I'm still grateful for the good years that I've had. I'm so grateful for both the program and the people in it that I still want to go. And then probably the most wonderful thing that I have learned from the program. I've seen this in the AA grapevine a lot of times, and I've had people say it to me personally, and I've heard people get up in meetings and say it, is this statement. I came into AA solely for the purpose of sobriety, but it has been through AA that I have found God. I feel that is about the most wonderful thing that a person can do. Great. Why do you think in uh, AA they talk about doing gratitude lists? Yeah. Because we're sour when we come in. We're sour. When we get something unexpectedly large, we should we think it should have been bigger. Yeah. I remember it was so bad, this selfishness and self-centeredness, that for the first few years in my sobriety, I had a little trick I would do. When something went well, I would just go, thank you, God, that's more than enough. Yeah, Because I always wanted it more or expected it to be more or longer or better or this or that, which caused me not to have a sense of gratitude, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I see it in my dog. She got a lot of uh, scraps last night, but she doesn't have a point of where she's satiated and grateful. She just wants more. You know, it's just a she's such an innocent thing. It's beautiful in a way, but that's her her programming. Yes. And maybe it can change. But in us, that programming can change or be changed. It can. Yeah. Because we're not a dog in a certain way. So in this program, you know, we do gratitude lists because we're not grateful. <laughs> That's why we do it. So with a little bit of, of effort 
it's taken a long, long way by this power, you know? You know, remember, they always had that feeling, you take one step, it takes a hundred steps. It's not a very, you know, quid pro, pro, whatever that statement is. It's not a very, I do this, you do that. I'm willing to do this, and then a lot gets done, yeah? It's mind-boggling. And then the idea of, you may, you may be, you know, are you willing to go to any lengths? How many people have been, commanded to go to any lengths in AA, very few, yeah? But, you know, going to any lengths was from the old employer, you know, 558 at the fucking 7-Eleven, trying to find some coin so you could get something at six, you know? That's going to fucking any lengths. There's not that, you know, if there's a lot asked of us, then there's a lot that's going to be given. I just don't see it. Yeah, I think this is the easiest off the way. And then you just grow in gratitude, basically, you know? And uh, again, there's, we come in here with a lot of poisons that are breaking out of the surface, you know, pus and boils and shit like that. And then we get undone and redone and we outgrow a lot of these conditions like a petri dish that's has an acidic base certain things would grow in that that petri dish and other shit wouldn't and we're getting our petri dish changed so to speak to an alkaline ph not an acidic ph and in the alkaline ph things like peace and empathy grow yeah you don't have to constantly try to feed it all day. They'll grow based on the on the condition they're in, which is this new Petri dish sobriety. Yeah. So one of those things to change the acidic to the alkal the alkaline is doing gratitudeless. And so that that self-centered point of view can be broken and a panoramic view. can express itself. So do I do gratitude lists now? I don't. I don't do gratitude lists because I'm grateful. Yeah. I did gratitude lists because I wasn't grateful. Now I have an attitude of gratitude. And some days it's nice when the head is thinking what it's missing. You can sit down and see what you have and have fucking incredible gratitude for being relieved of the bondage of self and all this other stuff and all the goodies that can come along with that. Yeah. But mostly I feel grateful. Yeah. Now out there, I did not feel grateful. I didn't. I expected a lot and I didn't want to give any, but I expected a whole fucking lot. And, uh, was just killing me but see the spirit can't be killed which is gorgeous you know i mean no matter how you know like like it says no matter how far down we've gone we'll see that we will be put to great use by this power yes yeah so yeah it's that was a very nice reading you know i'm sure bill ran into a lot of fucking flack and bill had a tough time as an action figure. He, he had what people call clinical depression, I think. Now, I can't put my foot in that shoe because I don't think I've been 
I don't have a, a, a clinical depression. It took me to a lot of places, but it didn't. So who am I to say how it was? And the thing is with Bill, he needed to be an AA member a lot of times, and he was seen as the co-founder. So he had difficult in a lot of ways because he couldn't just be a regular alcoholic because when he go to a meeting, everyone, yes, yes. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful that, uh, that we have this platform where we can come here and share and, uh, you know, reinforce each other. Yeah. In this sunlight of the spirit, so to speak, because I'm a real believer in, uh, there's a loving presence that's uh, using our group consciousness to express itself through. I do. I feel like there's something in the platform that's bigger than the sum of its parts, you know? And I sense it. And it's it's the same thing I sensed. The first smell or scent I got of it was a, hope, a hopefulness at the first AA meeting. And that hopefulness allowed me to feel how hopeless I was. And then that sense of telling the truth, yeah, yeah, but not living the lie, yeah, that sense has always been available at these at these meetings and every meeting I've gone to. And less and less have I spent time on the personalities and just felt the principle of this loving God expressing itself in our group conscience. And that's become a habit also. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, thanks. Thank you, everyone. So, this is probably the biggest present I got for Christmas is to be able to be sober and show up here on Tuesday. Not bad. Yeah. All right, Kathleen, just. No, bro. If anyone has a Paul, I mean, uh, yeah, anyone has a Paul they'd like to comment? <laughs> Share or whatever. Or they want to speak about something. Kathleen can say. <laughs> anyone uh, want to say anything to Paul today? Yeah. I don't know if I want that. I'm just kidding. I think they know I'm kidding. Anyway, um, Jules on vocals would like to uh, talk to you. Come on in, Jules. Right. Hey, Paul and, and everybody. Happy, oh, he said Happy New Year. Uh, I'm there already. Um, happy Christmas. I won't sing it. Um, yeah, thanks, Paul. It's been, it's been great to find you again. Um, I did have a question. What is it? What do you think of Emmett Fox? I think he's dead. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, he, quite a while ago as well. What do you think yeah. of his, uh, his uh, year? A, a year. I liked Emily Fox. I didn't know uh, when I was younger. Younger, I went through a phase between twenty and twenty-four that I felt like I had found a sufficient enough reason not to use, and that was wanting to know God. And in that period, I got introduced to science of mind, which is uh, 
sort of where Emmett Fox comes from. This guy, Ernest Holmes, and uh, they used to have radio shows in New York City that I'd listened to by a guy named Eric Butterworth that they would talk about it and talk a lot about Emmett Fox and the uh, his uh, Sermon on the Mount, yes, which is very, very powerful. I didn't go that much farther. The Sermon on the Mount, I think it was the Sermon on the Mount. He sort of interprets it from this science of mind view which is was is very powerful. And I know a lot of people in early sobriety where I was at got introduced to Emmett Fox as an auxiliary uh, view of what we were talking about in some respects, you know? So yeah. But I don't I don't know his all the works or whatever, but the Sermon on the Mount was a quite nice little book and uh seem to ignite inspiration in here so yeah thanks thanks yeah that's what i'm studying that sermon on the mount and um yeah i'm i'm loving yeah. it yeah that all the religions wrong i love that <laughs> nothing new there <laughs> yeah well this is the beauty of it is once you're uh, when that bondage of self-centeredness gets broken, you can see other views and and be moved by an attraction for what they're implying. In other words, you're available <laughs> to, to other things and self, <laughs> which is great. This is really the great learning, really. Once you're freed from that bondage, it opens you up to be available to other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out there. Yeah. A lot of people have gotten a lot of uh, uh, assurance and strength from Emmett Fox and Sermon on the Mount. Yes. So. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I have a dog that doesn't know when to stop either. It's quite interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Gluttonous dog. Well, they 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 clothe all that with a beautiful innocence. So it's great. I know they were they were there had that unconditional love uh, uh, alongside their gluttony. If only we could learn from them, eh? Yes, I don't think they ever taste anything. They just, <laughs> it just goes right, just goes right somewhere. I don't see them savoring anything <laughs> ever. There's but, no uh, chewing going on, or very no, little. No. <laughs> but they sure like it. We, well, we have a retriever. They're known for, uh, yeah, they like the, the food, Labradors and retrievers. Whatever. She had a field day. She was intoxicated this morning. She didn't even come and greet me. She had eaten so much stuff. Because <laughs> we had people over here yesterday. All right. Well, thanks, Jules. Thanks. Yeah. I'll share. I forgot how to raise my hand. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> Can you oh, hear me? Yeah, nice to see you, Ted. How are you? I'm good. You know, you know, it's kind of funny. I um, I'm gone down a bit of a rabbit hole, and the minute I haven't been coming here because of my schedule on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, stopped me from coming. But that was I could have came, but I just kind of fell fell off the thing and. And I'm definitely suffering from what's not happening, <laughs> you know, 
Um, but having Kurt as a sponsor keeps me kind of level-headed because, you know, I won't call him sometimes just because I know what he's going to say, <laughs> you know. But um, I just, you know, what, what you said about, um, you know, wanting something bigger all the time, you know. And I had a friend that um, his whole, he, he was the boss and all, his whole crew got bonuses. And um, he was, it was just way more than he thought. But then he saw one of the people that he worked with that didn't do near as much as him got a bonus about the same size as him. And it just took all the joy away from him and how excited he got from the bonus because he said that it just wasn't fair. You know, I can just totally relate to that because that's what I do. And um, and I, I'm in the process of selling my home. Um because of a divorce and it's been very stressful and I have a lot of financial insecurity about it and selling it on time. So it's just, um, and I've gone down the rabbit hole with this. Um, and you know, it's just kind of taken over for me, you know? And so I, I know where I, I need to go, you know, and, and I'm no, I, I'm a person that needs to write, you know, the do grateful uh, list cause I'm not grateful. And, Hell, you know, I, I live in a house where I, I don't even pay rent. I, I live here free for the last three and a half years. So if I make that list, it, it just, it's it's unbelievable, you know. So, but I just got a really good feeling just by signing in today. So I want to thank you for this. Oh, great, Ted. Yeah, and the thing we'd like to throw in there, that which is going down the rabbit hole is in you. Your attention gets dragged there, but you're not the one going there. Yeah. yeah. The head is is dragging us into all this stuff through this identification as its ideation, which is this idea of self. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. it drags us here and there and here, and we just keep living under a narrative that we've done it. Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to be free from something as that something? Yeah, if some if something has defeated you, and you take it to be you, you are going to defeat you. And if there's something that has defeated you, and you see it's not you, then you can be free from it. Yeah, but if you keep calling it you, you're trying to be free as it, and it defeats you in that activity. Yeah. And you're frustrated and then you blame others and this and that. But basically, it's a failed system. It cannot deliver the goods. And you as it cannot get out of it as self. It just doesn't work. Self can't get out of self. This is a fact. Yeah, this is a fact. It goes just with I'm fucked and I'm not managerial quality. Self can't get out of self should be right up there, truly. Because this is what happens. The head does all of its stuff. It has you believing or just habitually uh, just follow its narrative, which is you're doing all this stuff. Yes. And that you shouldn't be doing all this stuff. And then it's all an obsession with you in the problem and an obsession with you in the solution. It's just obsessing with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we have service to get us out of that fucking orbit. Yeah, because we, as the 
part as the asteroid in the orbit of the asteroids cannot get out of the asteroid orbit. Yeah, we can. So there's a telling the truth, and then you get pulled out of that asteroid belt because you're not a fucking asteroid. Yeah, yeah. And then you get relieved, and the relief is interpreted as something has done for me what I couldn't do for myself. Yeah. So I always like the idea of when it says, oh, yes, I've been really this and really that, I'd like to throw in a disclaimer, I'm not that, yeah? And when you see it's piling up and you're down a rabbit hole, take that rabbit hole to step six and seven. Turn it over to this power and let it make what it wants to make out of it instead of you living by what your head wants to make out of it. It's just, yeah, mm -hmm. it's the same material. It can be turned into something by the head, which you, you've had enough of that, or it can be turned into something useful by the spirit. It's just the way it goes. We're like in a, an event of recycling, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So stay on the operating table. Don't get up. Don't play doctor. Things work out. Yeah. The head yeah. wants to play doctor and tell that which is causing the illness wants to describe a prescription for the illness. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm happy, Ted. You're still here. That's oh, the yeah. truth. So all these things that could have happened, you're still here. So basically, sobriety is a rock. Yeah? That's yeah. one rock in my last 35 years. I have not drank or used in 35 years. So that is a rock in a lot of comings and goings and this and shit. That hasn't changed. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So... You can put a flagpole there and it will stand. Yeah. Yeah. Rely on that. I will. Yeah. And then you bring the shit that's revealed to step six and seven. And then if you get sort of good with that, you don't even get to eight or nine anymore. You don't have a, you don't have a, a resentment list and you don't have to make amends because you're not stepping on people's toes. Yeah. That's awesome, isn't it? Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So six and seven, the most active steps of the action steps when you're sober for a while. Yeah, use them. I mean, if you have a dream and it seems like a dream you always have, and that dream says in a way you're never going to be okay or get it, or be at peace, well, when you wake up, take that dream and put it into six and seven and ask that power that's doing all this other stuff for you to reconfigure it and put it to a better use than your head is. Yeah, it'll keep you busy, man, because you're gonna. what's going to be revealed is a lot about what you're not, you know, or about alcoholism and addiction. You bring that shit to six and seven and it gets reconfigured, so... Something can be molded into a gun or it can be molded into like a, a you know, a scalpel for, for very you know, specific surgery. It's, it's basically something's going to give it a meaning. We've been living a life that's been given meaning by self 
And now we have an opportunity to live life that's being given meaning by somewhere else than self. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. self, self is fucking old and boring. It's the same old, same old. It really is. It doesn't, it's like a five trick pony. He only just does the same shit over and over again. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice to see you, Ted. Same here, Paul. Yeah. All right, for I'm just going to, Kathleen, speak about what we're attempting to share as a basis here in these plat, this platform, which is page 64, the third paragraph, when they, the ones who wrote the book, are describing a way to do the inventory process. First, they say, being convinced, self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Okay, you're agreed upon that. Now let's look at it. Does self mean us and does us mean self? Or is self something different than us? So you and I, I mean, being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So They're describing, they're diagramming the defeat, yeah? And they're asking us to be convinced of this recognition before we move to the working aspect of the inventory. So being convinced self, a singular something, is manifesting in various ways is what has defeated us as the collective. So, yes. There's been one alcoholism that has defeated the alcoholics. Yeah. All the different alcoholics have been defeated by one alcoholism. Yeah. An extreme self-centeredness. Yeah. Extreme self-centeredness. Any life run on self-will is hardly going to be success. Da 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 da. All this stuff. So something foreign to us has defeated us through us. So the foreignness has expressed itself through us and we have been defeated by those ex- manifestations because one reason is we're calling them ours, yeah? Most people's resentments, like the guy down the street re- resents somebody. I'm not seething over that. It's not causing an illness in my digestive tract, yeah? But the same resentment, if it was mine, would have a huge amount of effect. Yeah, yeah. So it's this bondage of self. In other words, I am mistaking manifestations of self as my manifestations. This is the simple what we're offering here. Yeah. If you if you are convinced of that, or maybe just interested in that idea, okay, here we go. We are now going to look at its common manifestations. What do they mean by looking? We're going to do an inventory. Yeah. We're going to go back into the, the closet and see what's there. So, okay. We are now going to look at its, meaning selves, not us. Us is not self. We're going to look at its common manifestations. The next paragraph, the next on, on that page is resentment. And then we know quite well what it describes. It is the killer of most alcoholics more than anyone anything else. This idea of grievance that just pests, you know, festers and we live in it. 
That's the that's the acidicness of the Petri dish, man. Put some resentment in that Petri dish. Throw the word my in there. Wow, it can stay there for a long time. Okay. So if that which has defeated me is not me, that means there's a possibility I can be free from it. Yes. If what has defeated me is me, the possibilities is I can be free as it. That hasn't worked, has it? The same statement. If this thing has defeated me, now, can I be free from it or as it? We've tried being free as it, yes? Has it worked? Obviously not. How about being free from it? So instead of seeing a resentment as yours, you see it as a manifestation of self. All right. Take it over. Take it from there. Do an inventory. Share it with someone. Do the fifth step about it. And look at what it, the difference between looking at things as your resentments, your fears, your harms done to others, and then to see that same information as manifestations of self in one's life, I bet you you're going to travel lighter with the latter description. Yeah. That's what we're here. We put it out there. We're here every two, you know, Tuesday, Thursdays. We bang the same drum, point the same direction because it works. It works. Yeah. I'm... I'm an experiment in that Petri dish. Something drastically has changed. And that core of irritability, restlessness, and discontent has been changed into a contentment and satisfaction. There you have it. Yeah. I don't do much nine or 10 because I don't have a list of people I've harmed. And I'm not harming people. There you go. <laughs> and the maintenance of that is, you know, we're going to try to improve our conscious contact through prayer and meditation. Once you're awake, everything you do is in improving the conscious contact in a sense. Yeah. There's two suggestions, prayer meditations. They're not the only way to improve one's conscious contact. How about being conscious of conscious contact? That will go a long way to improve itself. Yeah. <laughs> so what is this? What is the point of this? After having had a spiritual awakening, yeah. What has caused that spiritual awakening? A mental diminishment, hasn't it? You've lost interest in self, and in that losing interest in self, you've gained interest in what? I don't know, life? <laughs> you now are awake to being awake instead of being asleep to being awake. Yeah? When you're consciously, when you're constantly self-aware, you're in unconscious contact. Yeah? When you are up the ass of self, when the bondage of self is going off, you, as consciousness, are in unconscious contact. 
which what happens? It sets up a possibility of not living, but living in interpretation because we're unconscious. And someone shared about it, Ted. He seems to be in the world of what's not happening again. That's the world of interpretation. Yeah. How can that run right over the fact of conscious contact? You must be unconscious to the conscious contact. Yeah, that's the bondage of self. The bondage of self seemingly produces, it can't, it just seems like it has, an unconscious condition. We're out to lunch. Yeah. We're out to lunch. Oh, I don't think so. All right. Well, what happens some days when you're at work and then you get home around seven and at seven o'clock, your head finally tells you how the day was and it tells you you had a bad day. So now you're starting to resent people that you think must have caused that bad day. Where were you the whole freaking day? Wouldn't you know you were having a bad day if you were conscious? But we're unconscious and we wait for the head to interpret our life for us. And it does willingly. Yeah. And it tells us how we are, how we were, how we're going to be, how they were, how they are, how they're going to be. What is that but playing God? And now we're living in, we're in an unconscious contact <laughs> with this ideation of self. That seemingly is affecting the obviousness of being conscious right now. Yeah. No matter how bad I was yesterday or how good I was yesterday, I'm still seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever, you know. If whatever you're doing is working, work it. But if you realize that something has you, and you're calling its manifestation yours, well, let's stop calling them. Yeah, stop calling resentments your resentments. Just call it a resentment, yeah? Call it, and are, is the fear that you seem to be in really fear? Isn't it mostly mental anxiety? There is that underlying fear, I'm not gonna get what I want or lose what I have, but the head just plays it like an instrument. And it just, it just produces mental anxiety out of, out of that condition of being fearful because we're not self-sustaining, yeah? I need food to put in the system. I need love. I need community. I need a, a belonging, and I may not get those things, yeah? So there's that fear, and then the head just plays it all day like an instrument. A lot of long fucking drum solos, you know? There is a solution. Tell the truth about the problem. You're not it. If you're not it, you can be free from it. If you keep stubbornly believing you're it, you're going to spend a lot of money trying to rehab something that can't be rehabbed. <laughs> you're just, you're just going to be going. This is the spirit. This is when spirituality becomes a consumer market. You're going to be doing tons of shit trying to produce an effect that will not be at long lasting because the programming is going to outshine all of your fucking renovations. Yes. Yeah. 
You are what you're looking for. You are right now what you're looking for. You are what you're looking for right now. What's looking, that consciousness, that awareness is what you're looking for through all of these exercises and amazing esoteric shit. You're trying to find what's already available. You just want it to be available to you as a self, and it ain't. Yeah. The last thing that's going to get that better is that. <laughs> you realize how many people are ill because they're obsessed about being healthy. Lots of people. Lots of people. If they could send their attention and interest around the corner for half an hour, they probably feel like they feel a lot better than we're just constantly being hovered over. How am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? Yes. This is the bondage of self completely. So there's a solution. I hope you find it. Yeah. And if you find it, take the, that, that, that grace that's been made available to check out the problem. Yeah. How could we all end up at the three same parking spaces where a lot of us end up? Institution, jails, and death. We're all driving as with we're very unique, but we're not unique. We're alcoholics and addicts. We end up the same place as other alcoholics and addicts end up. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, well, what did that lady say in the reading? Yeah, like Bill W. likes to share this. Well, I like to share this message because the relief it's brought me. Seriously. And I have great, I do not think I needed unique relief. I think it's relief that we're all, we need because we're suffering from the same place, that thing, the problem that resides in the mind. Yeah. Yeah. And it's playing God through the mental processes. Yeah. And you want to change thoughts, but you don't want to change being the thinker. If you just see you're not the thinker, the, the, the meaning of thoughts are going to change. Mm, yeah. Have you done well changing your thoughts? Have you? Do you have a whole new thought regimen? Maybe if you lived in a completely controlled environment, but once you stepped out of there and other uh, things would uh, show up, of the same old thoughts would show up. Same old, same old, yeah? Where is the relief from thoughts? It's in the not being the thinker. If you're the thinker, tell me how you think. If someone says they made that cake, well, tell me how you baked it. How did you measure the ingredients? If you're telling me you're, th you're the thinker of those thoughts, telling me how you think, how do you do it? What was there when there was no thought? There was still something there, wasn't it? No thought, and then suddenly a thought appears. Where was, where's your role in that? Yeah. It's insane. Do you think if someone said, uh, I got to leave early today because I forgot to digest that burrito yesterday. I got, a, I got three hours of the afternoon I'm going to digest last week's food. You'd fucking laugh, but... A much more subtler process, thinking you believe you're the doer of. It blows my mind, really, literally.
The arrogance of self-centeredness is incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So, all right, that's enough from me. Where are you, Kathleen? I'm right here, Paul. I just uh, wanted to let you know that Tom from Denver had his hand up for a while, so I just want to check back in with him since you put it yeah. down. Tom, come on in. Hey, Paul. Uh, yeah, I raised my hand back on the Emmett Fox stuff because, um, well, here it is. <laughs> One of the few books that I kept with, it's in my little travel pack. But the truth is, is that I don't read these books anymore because um, when I came into AA, I, my group and everybody, they talked about this kind of stuff and Dale Carnegie. And, and it seems like there was a big push towards being a, a really good, upstanding character with a successful life. And, and somehow that, um, and I did that. I mean, for 20, 25 years, I became all of that. And then I wasn't happy at all with it. And so this key to the success in life, there's, I don't know, it, at, the, at the end of the day, it didn't work for me. And then I went to the East and tried to be an Eastern guy. And that didn't work because the guy who was trying to become successful East or West was the problem, and uh, and I got went to the islands and uh, San Juan Islands for four years, and I got that burned out of me. And met you, and then you know, I gave up. Um, so I don't I don't read these books so much anymore. But I do find myself today out of habit picking up talks with Ramana Maharshi, underlining and like, oh, there's somebody here that needs to get something, and I go, well, who's who's reading? I mean, <laughs> is it just a habit, yeah. or is there any virtue in study at all i don't know well that's the thing it's it's what it's that that which is before all that that makes that which comes after so something can be incredibly of service and that same something a couple of years later could be a disservice yeah because we're the we're it really i mean i don't want to get so into it but if you see this event as a subjective experience, yeah, that means a lot of meaning is be given is is given to what's happening from where we are, yeah. So, for something to be given meaning and not respond with its own meaning means it's empty. It doesn't have any meaning. So we give it meaning, all the meaning it has, and then we relate to that meaning from the meaning we have here, yeah? So what's one man's poison is another man's medicine, you know? Or the worst thing ever happened to you after a year or so in AA, you'll see it maybe as the best thing that ever happened to you. These are indications that this is a subjective dreaming, literally, yeah? And if something's gonna run that dream through you, which one of those aspects you could call itself, and then there's another aspect that could be running the dreaming through you, which is the higher power. Yeah? And the effects of being driven or directed by either of them are quite different. Yeah. But the drop being driven is the same. So we're either we're either being driven by self or driven by the higher power. We're going to be driven no matter what. But there are options of what could be driving us. Yeah. And a lot of us have come to that point, perhaps there's a better way, trusting the infinite rather than the finite self. So that's the basic dualistic uh, crossroads in a way. 
we're both going to be blown. We're going to be blown down some road. It's there's no doubt about that. But what's going to be blowing us down is the important thing. And many of us who have come through this life of addiction and and alcoholism and didn't die are now on a new basis, a basis of trusting the infinite rather than trusting the finite self. How does that show up? You're not taking the thoughts as seriously as you used to, because the thoughts are, have been commandeered by the problem, which resides in the mind. So the problem actually injects us, it, us with its poison through thoughts, yes? So the thoughts are producing this what's not happening, that when we are thrown into a seemingly, in other words, it's appearing to be true to us, a unconscious state of ideation of self, then all this shit happens and we have no idea what's going on and we're blaming outside people and shit like that for what's being caused by somewhere else. Yeah. We're out to lunch, literally. And AA is bringing us into a spiritual awakening so that we can awake to the idea we're not something and see that not something from what we are, which is what we say here as spirit. Yeah. So that's what we're going through in a, in a lot of ways. And a lot, some people are in just the beginning of it. So there's a lot of tug of war between the two gravitational pill, uh, fields of self and higher power. Others are in the jet stream of the higher power. Yeah. We're, we're still getting old radio commercials from self, but we're not really buying a product anymore. And we're going with that force, yes? Other people get sucked back into the, the, the black hole, yes? But there's always a solution. No matter how far down the scale you went, it doesn't matter. It's always available. You can come back out, get into that jet stream, and then get sucked in the other way. Yeah, and we're being used, hopefully, we're being put to use in this event for that gravitational pull of the of the higher power to be reinforced at the expense of the gravitational pull of self. Yeah, you know, so we come here, it's like a dry shower. You can sit here for an hour. You get bathed, but you don't feel wet, hopefully. And yeah, and you can have an assurance we're going to be here every week and come and take a shower with us. Yeah. And recognize what you're not, bring it to six and seven and have it reconfigured to serve what we are and to serve others as what they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good deal. I mean, you got what... Time keeps on ticking, you know? It's just, here I am on a Tuesday. There's things, I have time. I could fill it up with a lot of stuff. To me, uh, sharing the space with all of us is a, just a great, it's a boon in my life. You know, it's very potent. Yeah, so, all right. I I think that's it, Kathleen, unless we have a question or a share. I think that's it too, Paul. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, honey. Thank you. I love watching Kathleen change and everyone. 
It's one of the great joys, yeah, of relief is great, but shared relief is even better, so to speak. Yeah, really. And if if you're not moved by relief, I mean, relief moves you to share. Obviously, that's what you read in the book. Bill W. was moved to share with people because he had been relieved from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah, hallelujah. Same, same. Yeah. yeah, so, all right, well, let me, I'm going to say goodbye. And we, we're here at 4.30 today, too, Pacific time, uh, under another okay. banner called non-duality. But we, we have a talk on the afternoon, 4.30 Pacific time, every Tuesday also, which is just non-duality is, uh, you know, whatever. It just expands the the uh, the space of sky, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, all right, John in Florida, nice to see you. Thank you for all the support and hanging out with us all the time. It's great. See, it's funny. Eh? You can hang out in Vegas and Florida and Northern Cal in Pennsylvania. Pretty cool. Vegas, Al, nice to see you. Atara. Nice to see you, Tara. There you are. Greg? Yes. Now, can you, can you, if you weighed, have you gotten more than you've been given? I don't believe so. In a life of recovery, I've been given a lot more than I got. Yes? You know what I mean? Yeah. When I was doing drugs, it was all about getting the drugs, for sure, for sure. Getting the money, getting the drugs, getting the syringes, getting this, getting that. But given, given, given. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, Martin, nice to see you, Martin. Thank you for showing up and uh, spending your interest and attention here. Great. Greg? Uh, there he is, Mr. Rowe from Toronto. Nice to see you, Mr. Rowe. Rick, Walter from Amsterdam. Rico, a man of his word. Roman Mueller. Roman, thanks for always always supporting. Send bitch slap and shit. David, same thing, South Carolina. Boston Paul. Jacob, did you ever send that stuff to the guy, Jacob? Yeah, I haven't received anything back from him though. He seems kind of hard to contact in a way. He uh but if he if it got delivered, he's fine. I'm gonna call him today. Yeah. Yeah, That's I sent him a couple of them. Just uh yeah, if, if you want to put me on the phone with him or just call me after you talk to him, that might be easier. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, I'll, I will, bro. Thank you so much for it. Yeah. There's Mia, formerly known as Miak. Nice to see you. Sarah, nice to see Sarah there. Joseph, as always, Tom, bouncing around, Andrew, sticking with us, Andrew, eh? Fantastic, very good. Nick V, he's taking a little slumber. Jeffrey from Seattle, picking up something, ears or eyes, I don't know. Eyes now, okay. Malkin, oh, Malkin is... Uh, 
He's from the <laughs> early days of the Zoom. How are you, Malcolm? All right? I'm good, man. Good, man. All right, good. Good to see you. Axel, one of our German friends. Rob from Kentucky. Lindy, always with the big space in the cloud. Grateful Dave. Uh, hey, listen, everyone. Thanks for uh, holding the space, and I'll see you later or whenever soon. Uh, much appreciated. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks, Paul. Yes. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Kathleen. Thanks, everyone. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. Beautiful. Bye. Yeah. Bye.